from Relay FM. This is Virtual, episode number 25. Today's show is brought to you by Igloo, an internet you'll actually like, and Squarespace. Build it beautiful. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by the one and only Mr. Federico Petici. Ciao, Federico. Ciao, Mike. I like how, how you've been training to pronounce my name better. I work, I work every day. Every day I work on it. You just sit in front of the mirror and you go, Federico, we teach you. Just, you sit there and you say my name. I, I just, it's, it's like if you say him his name three times in the mirror, he will appear. No, I never appeared in your, in your house. Uh, in fact, you, you were supposed to come to my house and you didn't. Mm-hmm. So, um, Michael, do you want, so this is a serious question for you. Do you want a Yoshi backpack? Well, I mean, it depends how you're asking me that question. I mean, everybody wants a Yoshi backpack. Like, do I want one right let now? Me, let me know. rephrase that. Okay. Would you go around London with a Yoshi backpack? No, probably not, no. Mm-hmm. Would you go on the tube with a, with a Yoshi backpack? <laughs> that is definitely around London. Is it, again, is it on the tube, in the tube? Is it both? Do you go on, at, in the tube? On. A, on the tube. On. You don't go in it. Like, you don't go in the tube. No, it's not like a tube you get in, you know? Like, you are on, on the train, and the train is the, the tube, you know? Right, right. That makes sense. So I ask you, because there's um, last week we had some follow-up about the Club Nintendo and eShop points, and we didn't mention that Nintendo promised that to help people um, finish uh, their points, their stars in the Club Nintendo, they would offer new rewards. Mm-hmm. And... I saw a few days ago that on the American Club Nintendo, uh, there were new like games and toys to redeem with your, with your points. Now, I'm trying to see whether there's new rewards on the European Club Nintendo, and I couldn't find one. So I logged into the European website, and I saw this Yoshi backpack, and I asked you uh, whether you wanted the Yoshi backpack, and you seemed unsure. Uh, so you, I wanted to ask you again. Um, Anyway, the, the moral of the story, I guess, is that we need to find a way to redeem all, all our stars, Mike. Yes. But I will wait for... I will wait to... I, I mean, because I, I gotta buy, like, next week, I'm gonna buy the new 3DS and the new and the new Zelda. Now, I don't know whether codes will be included. I, I guess they won't. I uh, just want to make sure, though. So if I buy new games, I'm gonna add all my stars again and see what's up on the Club Nintendo and finish my points. That's a good point. Like, I wonder if there's Club Nintendo points in that stuff. Yeah, I think that there, there's not going to be new... I bet there is. <laughs> I think that that team didn't get the memo. I, I bet I bet in the in the new 3DS and in like the new games, like New Zelda game, there are Club Nintendo points. Mm-hmm. That's, I, I feel like that will still be there like for, to taunt us in some way. So what do you have yeah. for us? Do you got any follow-up, Federico? Yes, I got my some follow-up about Codename Steam, which I talked about le- last week. It's a new strategy game up as a demo on the Nintendo 3DS eShop. It's coming out in March in the US and in May in Europe. It's, there's a long time to, to wait for this game. And listener Sakurina on Twitter, he reminded me uh, that if I'm... If I want to play something that's similar to Codename Steam in the meantime, I should check out Valkyria Chronicles 2, uh, which is a great piece of follow-up because I actually remember this game. Uh, the first Valkyria Chronicles 
uh, came out on PS3 and I think a few months ago on PC. Um, Valkyria Chronicles 2 is on PSP. So I remember this game. It's the kind of strategy game mixed with some action and it's got a like a cell shading graphical style. Mm-hmm. And I remember like uh, a lot of, uh, it received a lot of positive uh, press at the time when it came out in 2009, I guess, the original. And then there was the sequel on PSP and I've always wanted to check out this game. I never, I never did. So probably I should, Maybe just go to GameStop and, and find Valkyria Chronicles 2 for the PSP and buy it cheap for like 10 euros and pay it on, play it on my PSP, my PSP Slim, I guess it's called. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe I should just get the PSP game on the PSN and play it on the Vita. I don't know, we'll see. But it's a, it's a great idea, actually. I've always wanted to check out this game. I some, somehow forgot about this game and then you receive the... You know when you receive follow-up, Mike, on, on a podcast... And it, and it totally clicks because you, you knew already. Some, yeah, somewhere in your brain, you had that somewhere information. You, and it's just, it clicks yep. uh, with the follow-up. So thank you, Sakurina. Uh, Valkyria Chronicles 2. Uh, I, wa- I want to play this game. Michael, mm-hmm. I saved just for you and for our listeners uh, and for the future, because you got to do stuff for the future. Uh, I saved some links that I want to talk about. Okay. Would it be okay for you? I would, I would very much like if you would do that. That, that would be uh, right now the the optimum thing that I would enjoy. Okay, so are you familiar, Mike, with the Raspberry Pi? Uh, raspberry Pi, yes. Pi. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's P in Italian. So um, yeah. <laughs> don't use that excuse. No, because nobody come on, knows. It's... Nobody knows. Oh, it's, it's Italian. <laughs> no, it's 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 when you go to school. All right, when you go to school and. Uh, they teach you the, the the number, right? The, the pi. It's called in Italian pi greco, which is okay. like Greek pi, right? Yeah. And so I tend to when I when I when I read the word pi, I, I tend to read it in my mind with the Italian pronunciation. So the Raspberry Pi. Wow, which kind of makes sense because it's Raspberry Pi. Like now I get it. Yes. See, there you go. There you <laughs> oh, go. Oh, thank you. Oh, I I never made the connection. Raspberry Pi. <laughs> <laughs> this is like this is like <laughs> this is like when I was when I was in high school. When I was in high school, like one day, just random, I was walking. Uh, I was going back home, and I was thinking for some reason about religion, and it just clicked in my mind that Christians are called Christians because they from Christ. Yeah. Yes. Like, like I never actually realized that. And uh, <laughs> I was like 16, right? And uh, <laughs> so it was... <laughs> so now, Raspberry Pi, now I get it. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Um, so anyway... So just before, because I, I see this isn't... I don't think it's related to that, but in, in related Raspberry Pi news, there is now a new version of the Raspberry Pi called the Raspberry Pi 2. Uh, which is more powerful and it's just gone uh, on sale. So I thought I would just mention that whilst we're talking about Raspberry Pi. Yes. And it's like a super small but powerful computer, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like you, you, it's like just the computer, just the processor, just the hardware. There's no screen. There's no, there's no, like it's super cheap, but also kind of powerful and it's small and you can customize it. You can do a bunch of cool things. And speaking of cool things, Rose Color Gaming which is this awesome indie company that modifies original consoles. Oh, this is those guys. 
Those, those guys. Yeah, yeah. We spoke yeah. about them a bunch of times or yeah. some things, haven't yeah. we? The guys that make like the custom GBAs, uh, the custom Game Boys with the custom covers and they replace the screens. They make like the Game Boy Advances with better screens from the DS. Some crazy stuff going on. So they announced that they're making their own console based on the Raspberry Pi called Pascal, which is coming sometime in the future. We don't know when, and it'll be a console playing um, 10 different consoles via emulation. So we're talking about the NES, SNES, MAME, CPS1, Neo Geo, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Color, Game Gear, PC Engine, Sega Master System, Genesis, DOS, Apple II, Atari 2600, and other games, they say. And it'll play these games at very fast, uh, not native, but high-speed emulation. It'll have output to a television screen via HDMI. And it's awesome because it looks like a Game Boy. That is, and this is ba- so cool, man. And it's based on the Raspberry Pi and it's made by Roscore Gaming, which, trust me, go visit their Facebook page, go visit their website. They make fantastic uh, customized consoles, portable consoles. They, these guys know, what know their business. So uh, we'll see. But it looks really, really cool. Then there's a, Mike, there's a series of videos that I want to talk about. Uh, but before I talk about this game, uh, do you want to thank some of our friends? I would love to do that. This week's episode of Virtue is brought to you by Igloo, the internet you'll actually like. Igloo has a fantastic internet system that allows you to keep in touch with your co-workers and to stay in touch with each other. You can manage all of your tasks, manage all of your documents. You can keep in touch with like, they have little blogging systems as well. Everything has like uh, comments that you can enable and you can like posts and you can have internal microblogs. Igloo enables you to talk to the people inside of your company or inside of your team in a way that you are familiar with with your usual internet life all of igloo's platform is built with responsive web design in mind so it looks and works fantastically on all devices on iphones ipads macs pcs everywhere as long as you've got a web browser igloo is going to work and it's going to work great they you can do things from managing documents with their html5 preview engine or maybe you want to share photos or administrative tasks like managing your settings or even managing your tasks you can do all of this in igloo's platform on any device that can access the internet Best of all, Igloo's platform is so customizable that when you design your Igloo to look like your company's brand, you know, it takes the colors and the t- uh, typography and stuff that you want, your logos and all of that, it's going to show up everywhere and it's going to show up instantly. So any change you make on the desktop is going to show up on mobile for everyone. It is a fast and fantastic way to create, share and manage your work from wherever you choose or your co-workers or employees choose to work. If you've ever used any other type of corporate internet product, you're going to know just how incredible all of this sounds so you should go and try it out. If you work in a team of up to 10 people, you can sign up and you'll be able to use Igloo totally free at igloosoftware.com slash virtual. And then after that, you they have a bunch of plans and you can check out all their pricing information there. So go try them out. It's free for teams of up to 10. Thank you so much to Igloo for supporting this show and Relay FM. Mike. Mm-hmm. Oli Oli 2. Yeah, so cool, man. Like, we've seen about this before. Like, we knew Oli Oli 2 was coming, uh, but they've been sharing more information about it recently, like some of the soundtrack stuff they've been sharing on Twitter. So you should follow them. I think uh, it's at Roll7, which is the name of the developer. But they've also shared some more trailers as well. 
Yeah, and there's a new trailer up on YouTube. It's available in our show notes. Mike, are you familiar with this piece of technology called show notes? I am familiar with the show notes. Um, most people, Federico, will find the show notes uh, within uh, their application. So, you know, the, the, how you are listening to us right now, it is, I would make a pretty strong guarantee that you can see the show notes. Like if you're listening to us on the website, which is relay.fm slash virtual slash 25, well, the show notes are right in front of you. If you're listening in apps like Overcast, you can scroll down. If you're listening in Pocket Casts, you scroll either left or right. I can't remember which one it is. I think you flick to the right and you see our show notes. If you're listening in Castro, you scroll down. So it's like, you know, there's lots of scrolling, but people can find the show notes, Federico, and, and those show yeah, notes um, have all the links. I, uh, I am happy about, about that. Thanks yeah, for the good. very detailed explanation. Literally um, anytime you need it, I, I can help. Thank you. Uh, it, it almost sounds like you know what you're talking about. I am, uh, I am familiar with the show notes. Okay. So there's a new trailer for Oli Oli 2, and it shows that basically there's going to be a lot more of everything in this game. Like there's new stages, crazy locations. There's like uh, a theme park. There's... All sorts of obstacles that you need to grind on or jump and, and you know. And, and, of course, I guess new ways to die as well. Um, I've always assumed that you die when you, when you fall. Um, Do you think you die or, like, you, you faint? I don't know. Well, I think it depends how badly you fall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, makes sense. Uh, so there's going to be new music. The, the soundtrack from the video and from the, uh, the tweets uh, sounds really, really good. Uh, there's going to be a new split mode. I yep. guess you can play with people? No, um, the, I think the split mode is tr uh, the course's split. So previously you would get like from point A to point B, but now there will be multiple ways you can attack the levels because there are different course, like different paths you can take through the levels to get to the end. Oh, nice. Cause you so, must yeah. remember, Federico, I have played this game. No, I I know. Like yeah. It became like a drug for you. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I have played Oli Oli 2. Oh, yeah, that's true. When you when went I... to the EGX. Yes. Was it EGX? Yes. Yeah. And so I'm really, really excited about it because it was beautiful to look at and I really, really enjoyed it. So I'm I'm very excited. And also, I think in a couple of weeks, in March, uh, Oli Oli is out for the 3DS and the Wii U via oh, yeah. Curve Digital. They're, they're, they're doing it. Curve Digital are responsible for a bunch of different um, ports to Nintendo consoles like Thomas was alone. They did that. Oh. Yeah, more more reasons to to play this amazing mm -hmm. game. I got my Oli Oli, the original one for the PS Vita, and it's uh, I I guess I we talked about this before, but it it's one of those few games, modern games, indie games of all things. You know, it's an indie game uh, where you can really feel the connection between the controls and the game. And it, it, from that point of view, it almost feels like a Nintendo game. You know, because it's very tight. Like the, when you press a button, when you when you when you try to do tricks and, and combos, it really feels like your hands are affecting the game. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, excited excited about the, the sequel. The controls are really important in this game, and I, and I think that they did a good job yeah. of like marrying that up. I completely agree with what you're saying. But you feel like you're actually making an effect, like you would with Mario, right? Like you press the button really hard, hoping you'll jump further, like in Mario, yeah. and it's kind of like the same sort of idea with with uh, yeah. with Oli Oli. Yeah. So next up, Mike, um, I want to talk briefly, um, but I want to talk about speedruns and, you know, uh, finding glitches in games. And 
using those glitches to play games in a different way. So what inspired me here was a video by Double Fine, so Team Schafer's company. Uh, they make Broken Age, and their Team Schafer is, is the guy behind many adventure games, including uh, the game we covered last week, Green Fandango, which is recently out on PC, Mac, and uh, PlayStation. There's a video. Um, basically, uh, one guy speedrunning Psychonauts, uh, which is uh, this game from PlayStation 2, that, I, again, another game that I never played, uh, I've always wanted to play, now I, I'm kind of hoping that there, there will be a remake or a remaster, whatever. So this guy is speedrunning the game, while the team, including Team Schaefer, and many engineers and designers from the original team behind the game are watching. And it's, a, it's an hour video on YouTube, on Double Spine's uh, channel, um, and it's really entertaining uh, because Team Schaefer is it's amazing. Like, I love the guy. He makes, he's talking and he's funny and he's like observing and commenting on the game. And it's a very, it's the series is called, the, I think, Devs Play. Yeah. Like, it, the developers watch other people playing a game and they offer comments. It's like a director's commentary only live in a video and there's a speed run and this guy is using all sorts of glitches and bugs and you know techniques to speed run the game and I'm it's watching, very fun i'm watching clips of it like i'm jumping forward and like things are happening and it goes to the developers and they're like ah like, yes <laughs> exactly like and when you when the developers watch this guy they're like oh my god what are you doing here and like they offer comments they and the best part is that they explain the design decisions uh in the game because there's the guy has a perspective, which is the perspective of the speedrunner. So he uses terms and, and calls, for instance, objects in a, in a specific way. And the developers are like, what? what, what what's, what's the name you used? Uh, because the guy com- comes from the speedrunning community, uh, which often has its own terminology for this kind of stuff. Yeah. And there's, there's team and, team and, and the other members of the of double fine and so it's a very peculiar kind of way to watch people play a game and alongside this uh, speed run there was a a super mario world glitch executed for the first time on an actual snes console so not on an emulator um there's a link to kotaku and again a youtube video uh, and it's this crazy crazy I guess you could call it a speedrun because uh, the, the guy who plays the game uh, gets to the final credits of Super Mario World. But what's really peculiar is that he uses a technique to rewrite the game's code in real time as he plays. So when you watch this video, it looks like this guy is doing random jumps and he, he runs back and forth, and he jumps on enemies, and he uses Yoshi, and you're like, what is this guy doing? And then all, all of a sudden, with a, with a specific set of steps, the game ends. You see the credits. Like, you see a flash on the screen, and you see the, the end credits, which is crazy. And it's the first time that this kind of glitch has been done on a physical SNES instead of an emulator. Um, and of course, Kotaku has an update. Another person, a few days later, managed to, to break same record but anyway what i want to talk about mike is what are your thoughts on on using these glitches and these bugs to to break a game and to finish a game i guess in a way um 
Because for me, it's fascinating. Like, how much time do these people put into discovering and testing and perfecting these techniques? It's, it's crazy to me, and it's and it's a fascinating story. I think it's not really it's not really playing games, is it? Like, no, exactly. It's not really. I mean, I guess you are playing. You're the playing game. a different game. Like you are not playing, playing Super Mario World. Like you are playing something else. Like because like I, I watched a clip of the. I was just watching a bit of the guy where you were talking, and I, and I sort of forwarded to the part where he does it, you know, where he executes whatever it is that he needed to execute, and he and he's and he it glitches and he freaks out, and that that sort of excitement, right? So he has won the game, but he is playing not the game that was made like he's playing something totally different um it's, it's his version of super mario but his version of super mario it's like speedy mario like, you know it, do you know what i mean like it's not the game that me and you played he's not playing that game he's playing a, a game inside of the game exactly like when i when i tried to breed ponyta you know like that was my game <laughs> that i played inside of pokemon red um but so that that wasn't necessarily the game that was intended like and it's like um people that uh play Grand Theft Auto and like obey the rules so like just drive around at speed limit and stop at all the lights and you know it's like a game people play like you're only playing it for a certain period of time in most instances but you play it just because you make up your own game and that's kind of what I think of speed running to be like like it is a game that people create for themselves out of a a, a, a need of I don't know a necessity of different kind of enjoyment like it's like a challenge um, because anybody can beat Super Mario right like not anybody but you know what I mean like anyone who plays a game who plays games can play for long enough and beat Super Mario um, I could not beat the Super Mario in the way that he did it. So it's like it's a different type of achievement. It's a totally different type of game. It's like a competitive game. Yeah, I totally agree. And especially, it, I guess it, you, you, I wouldn't be able to to do what he's doing. Not because, because maybe I, because maybe I would even have the ability, you know? It's just I wouldn't have the, like the time investment to perfect this kind of you know, tricks. Uh, it's crazy. I wouldn't have the kind of time available. And it's, um, but it, it is fascinating because there's some people who say, yeah, you, 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 when you speed run a game and you use glitches, you're not really speed running a game. But I think that, like, there's different kinds of speed runs because the speed running community is so, again, I'm fascinated by, by this different way of playing games. Uh, there's different types of speed runs. Uh, they are called, for instance, any per- percentage, any any like any completion. I think uh, basically you can you have to finish the game in the shortest amount of time, no matter like what sort of completion you unlock in the game. And then there's like people who uh, speed run to unlock every single achievement, every single object. You know, basically to finish yeah, the like, game and to finish the game with everything. This guy who did who beat this glitch is not really played super mario like he didn't even like leave world one i don't think yeah exactly so this is a complete like that's a glitch like a-, a glitch is like again totally different to like when you see people beat an entire game in the fastest possible time but then again there's like the the, the middle the middle way like when you see cosmo right speed running ocarina of time uh zelda on the n64 yeah it takes about like 20 minutes and he goes into like 
basically the whole game just really fast and he uses a series of glitches. So he goes from town to town and you see parts of the game. So it's not like he's stuck into the first stage and then he jumps into the credits. So there's different types of uh, glitches and speedruns and it's really... Uh, like, I don't get the argument that... I don't agree with people who say a speedrun that uses glitches is not really a speedrun. It's a different type of speedrun, I think. Yeah, and, because not every game would even have the glitches. Yeah, exactly. So it's, you're just taking advantage of what's there, I guess. Exactly. And where people, some people perfect the art of going really fast, other people spend weeks and months and years, in the case of Ocarina of Time, uh, trying to find a glitch in, in the game's code. And many times glitches are uncovered like decades after an original, the original game uh, and its release date. So I, I think there's a there's room for different types of speedruns. And I also want to point out the role that YouTube and Twitch have played in, in this in in this I guess new phenomenon of watching people speedrun games. Because the speedrun community, when they organize the event Awesome Games Done Quick, I I love these guys because they raise money to fight cancer, to to donate money to, you know, to uh, to other organizations, so they're they're doing this with 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 a purpose. You know, it's not just a show off, and so I love these guys, and and it's fascinating because before YouTube and before Twitch, uh, there was forums, right? People organized um, forums and exchanged information. I remember when I read a profile of Cosmo Wright on Polygon last year. He said that for years he he hanged out on the. Uh, on a speedrunning uh, community forum that I don't remember the name. And now, thanks to... Th it's all connected. See, thanks to faster internet connections, thanks to mobile devices, people can go on YouTube more easily. They can, they can follow and subscribe on YouTube. They can follow HD streams on Twitch. It's like, it's fascinating for me to see how this simple niche community, speedrunning games, is actually the, the consequence of many changes in the in the tech and video game industry, and yeah, that's uh, just a, just a thought that that I've had for for a few months. I, I agree. To share it with you. No, I agree with you. It's it's very very interesting. It's very interesting, but it's not something I think I could do or would no, be no, no, interested no. in. Putting totally, the time yeah. Into. <laughs> just fascinating to watch. Yeah, for <laughs> no, sure. Not for me. Not for me. Um. Anyway. Another video, Mike. Actually, other two videos. Uh, but this one is from Vimeo, from a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's called Playing With Power. It's amazing, Mike. You gotta watch this video. I've seen some of it. Okay. It's uh, the story of uh, Dylan. Would you say Dylan? Dylan, yeah. Dylan Markey. Dylan Markey. He's an animator for Robot Chicken and PES. Uh, uh, basically, he does like stop-motion stop uh, movies. Mm-hmm. And what's awesome here is that he uses the original Nintendo Power Glove, which was an accessory for the NES from like 30 years ago, from the 80s. Um, he modified the Power Glove to be a tool that he uses to control the computer, the camera that he uses to capture uh, the stop-motion animations. He has like tools with a, with a retractable... <laughs> accessory in the in the glove so it looks like basically robocop only <laughs> doing stop motion things and he controls everything from his arm 
and he like touches buttons and he looks super sci-fi and super awesome. And go watch the video because it, talking about it doesn't doesn't do it justice. Go watch the video. Like he presses a million buttons every time. Yes, really fast. <laughs> and he's like, and he controls. You know, there's a monitor and he does stuff on the monitor. Amazing. I, I kind of want to have a power glove and I'll automate my, my house with a power glove. Just go around and then make coffee, of, you know? Think of the launch center pro actions you could you could launch from a, from a power glove, Federico. Imagine, imagine the Python scripts available to you. Think about taking a selfie with a power glove. Press buttons and, and Easy. stuff. Easy. Easy. So awesome. Uh, uh, last video for my, for my link section, Mike. Um, have you ever wondered uh, what's going on in the Super Mario universe, like chronologically? Have you ever asked yourself whether there's some sort of meaning and sense in the events of Super Mario and his friends? No. Should okay. I? Should I? S- some people have. Okay. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> some people have wondered, Mike. Right. <laughs> so you see, um, there's this uh, video, this person. Uh, this is actually sounds kind of silly, but the amount of work that went into this is, is astounding. Um, this guy wondered whether there was some sort of timeline in the events of Super Mario. So he took all the Super Mario games, and not just like Super Mario World, Super Mario Land, Super Mario 64, like all the games, including Mario Kart, Mario Golf, Mario Tennis, um, the, the, the unknown ones, like uh, there was... What was like Donkey Kong Jr.? Like those, the less popular games that are not necessarily strictly connected to Super Mario. And he laid out a complete timeline of events of the Super Mario universe. And the best part is that, so when you watch this video, there's a, there's a column on the left with the games from oldest to newest. And the guy explains the game on the right. And what's really What's really amazing here is that he found an explanation for the succession of these games. And without spoiling the end too much, it's really sad. The end is really sad, Hmm. in my opinion. Um, Like, at one point, he needs to justify the the existence in the timeline of all the Mario sports games. So Mario Kart, Mario Tennis, Mario Golf. So he says that basically in 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 the preceding Super Mario Bros. game... Uh, where there's a lot of coins in this game, so Mario makes a lot of money, and thanks to the money, Mario can buy uh, a car company, which is the Mario Motors that you can see in Mario Kart. He buys, like, a stadium, he buys a tennis field, (laughs) and so he starts doing sports, (laughs) because he has all the money, (laughs) because he's, like, uh, like like he's become super rich. And then he basically grows tired of the money. He wants to return to adventures. There's like a a story that this guy came up with. Uh, Go watch the video. I'm going to watch it. I I have it now saved to watch because this this sounds kind of crazy enough that I would like it. Yes, exactly. And make sure to stay until the end, uh, which is really, really sad. Um, And that about uh, sums up all my links, Mike. 
perfect. Right, we have we have one other thing that we want to talk about today. So yes. uh, let's let's take a quick break and thank our final sponsor for this week's episode, and that is our friends over at Squarespace. They are the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, and online store. For a free trial and ten percent off, visit squarespace.com and enter the offer code insert coin, all one word at checkout. Squarespace, build it beautiful. When it comes to giving yourself a place on the internet, in my opinion, Squarespace is something you should check out. Now, this can be whether you're looking to start a new project or you have a project that you already have. Um, and maybe you think sometimes, you know, I want to give it a fresh coat of paint or there are things that frustrate you about the system that you use. You should be looking at Squarespace because I've used them myself for years. And one of the key things that I love about Squarespace is it's a very powerful platform that has lots of really great features, but it's all kept simple enough for me. I don't have to worry about crazy things. I don't have to worry about like caching. I don't have to worry about all that kind of nonsense because, or like hosting, I don't have to worry about any of this or like uh, trawling through theme libraries to make something look the way that I want it to look because Squarespace's tools, they're really simple to use. They're really easy to use and all of the things that you don't have to worry about, you don't have to see. But if you want to dig in and really tinker yourself, you can also do that with Squarespace and and it's still built on top of their incredible platform. Like they have a thing called the dev platform that allows you to kind of just get right in and mess around with the code and the CSS and all that. If you want to do that, you can, it's available to you. Uh, Squarespace have just launched this epic campaign with uh, Jeff Bridges, which is amazing. They did it for their Super Bowl um, ad, but they've, they've created this website called dreamingwithjeff.com. And it's a great example of just how flexible and amazing Squarespace sites can be. They're selling uh, sleeping tapes, like an album that Jeff Bridges has created in collaboration with Squarespace, um, a selection of music and sounds that help you sleep. And they're selling this with the commerce platform that Squarespace has. They're selling physical and digital copies of it. And the, ch- the proceeds of the uh, sales of the album are going to go to a charity called No Kid Hungry. But this is like a great little collaboration with them and it gives you a good idea of just the kind of thing that you can do with Squarespace. And that's at dreamingwithjeff.com. Squarespace is even better with Squarespace 7. They have a bunch of new templates. They all look beautiful. And this sits with like their 24-7 support that they've always had, their commerce platform that I mentioned before, and just so much more. You should go and sign up for a free trial yourself at squarespace.com. You can sign up with no credit card required and you can start building your website today. And then when you do decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure that you use the offer code insert coin, that's all one word, check out to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for virtual. Thank you so much to Squarespace for continuing to help us out with this show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace. Build it beautiful. I like it when I say that that new line because it sounds like build it beautiful, like you know, build it because it will be beautiful. But it sounds like I'm saying to you, Federico, like build oh, it beautiful, like I'm calling you beautiful, and I and I like that because I do mean that, you know, I mean that. Um, so Federico, build it beautiful. Thank you. I I I, I will. I guess <laughs> <laughs> you have to now. Okay. Uh, so Mike, um, the topic that I want to discuss with you today. Uh, I told you yesterday, is a bit uh, analogish to paraphrase mm-hmm. the name of mm-hmm. your other show with our friend Casey. Uh, and it's about, I guess, feelings, um, you could say. Uh, but it's really just about uh, how do we feel about finishing games and buying new games without having finished <laughs> our backlog. Um, yep. So I will, I will start, if you, if you allow me. Of course. I've always had this problem, even when I was younger. Um, like when I was a when I was a, a teenager, uh, I didn't have any sort of uh, salary, of course, because I wasn't I was you know going to school. Uh, so I 
I had to ask my my mom usually because my my, my dad never really like accepted my <laughs> my video game uh, hobby. So I had to ask my my mom or my grandma to buy me video games. And my mom has always been like amazing. She she I, I guess she always kind of knew that I was using games of course for for fun but also because I I always asked her to buy me games uh the imported versions to play in English. So I think that deep down she knew that I was using this game for a second purpose. But of course, the, the main reason is that I wanted to play games. And I've never been great at finishing games. Um, by finishing, I mean, my friends, when they were playing a game, they would obsess over the game and unlock every single item, every sing- defeat every single monster, unlock all the equipment and raise the character to level 99, whatever. Like... They would do everything. In the best case scenario, I would just finish the storyline. I would just beat the game, but not really finish the game completely. And that's the best case scenario, because most of the time, I just wanted to play a game, but not really spend weeks in the same game. Because I like, I've always liked to try many games. I've always liked to read many different books. Like I, I like different types of media. I don't want to get stuck on a single one, unless it's a really special case, like watching Lost or reading a Harry Potter book. Uh, Most of the time I want to jump from, you know, from stuff to stuff. I want to, you know, try different things. And so for games, because naturally I wasn't inclined to get stuck on a single game, sometimes I would just, you know play a game for like a week and then if I if I didn't see that the end was in sight and maybe there was a new game I would just buy a new game and and that's my problem because I feel bad when I when I don't finish a game when I put it on the shelf and when I have a basic idea of a game but I I didn't see the ending and then I buy a new one like I I feel conflicted um, because I want to play a new game, but I also feel bad. Not, it's main, primarily for the money, of course, because, I mean, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. And when I was younger, uh, I, I felt bad asking my mom to buy me games and when I didn't really finish a new one. And, of course, she wasn't asking me, uh, you know, did you finish the previous one? Because she, she just... she's always My mom always loved me in, in that way. You know, she, she always... Um, I had it easy, I think, when I was younger, <laughs> and I was and I was really, really lucky for that. And I and I thank her to this day. I I try to make her feel feel uh, feel good about the money that I ask her <laughs> when I was younger by sending her like screenshots of uh, of our podcast, you know, to to let her see that people listen to us, you know, to like yesterday I sent her a screenshot of a. Uh, the article of Max stories, and she was really happy. So I tried to uh, to pay back in a way my mom in this sort of sense. Um, but when I grew up, and when the money became my money, you know, to buy my own games, um, I started to feel really bad and like seriously bad because now I I gotta pay rent, I gotta pay the bills, I gotta feed you know myself and my girlfriend and the dog. And <laughs> so when I play a game, when I buy a game. Uh, when I buy a physical game these days, I think I I tend to be better at really enjoying a game that I spend like 70 euros for. So for physical games, I tend to be more disciplined. Problem in this new age 
is the digital downloads and the App Store and the eShop and the PSN. And because I buy a lot of digital things there because they're cheap, right? Because they're like seven euros or four euros or 99 cents. So I, I, I hoard all these games and I never really finish them. I, I form a basic opinion on them and then I keep jumping from download to download to download again and again. And we talk about games, but I never really see the ending. So I wonder, should I feel bad because I have a impulse buy problem? Probably. Um, should I feel bad because I, I'm not giving these games a proper uh, artistic recognition because I'm not playing them entirely? Or is the problem that games are just too long and there are too many games these days and I can't possibly expect to try many things and to experience them fully because it's just too much stuff, you know? And I realized that this is very much a first world problem, right? To talk about the games you don't finish. And so, yeah, I get it. And But, but it's strange to me. Like, I want to know, Mike, am I alone in this? How do you feel? In, in Do you have this sort of problem? Do you finish games? Do you keep buying games and feeling bad about the, the previous ones? Um, so there, this is my basic situation. Like, I feel bad. I am conscious about the fact that I feel bad. But I also want to keep buying games. And my problem is made worse by digital downloads. So there's my my summary. I have definitely gotten worse with this since we started this show on both instances. Okay. So I now buy more games and I don't and I finish less I finish fewer games and I feel more bad about it. So since starting this game, like even on ep- like episodes today, we're like, oh, I've got to play that. I really want to play that. Oh, I need to play that. Or, oh, I've missed that game. Like We say that all the time. Yeah. And I feel like we say it all the time, but we never actually get around to a lot of them. Like I downloaded Codename Steam last week and I haven't played it yet. Because like this week I haven't really played any games. Um so I'm always doing it. Like I have a my Steam library is an embarrassment. Uh, I download games like on play on the PSN that I never play, and like you know, like I was talking about finishing Grim Fandango. Like I hope I do. I don't know if we will. Like I would like to, but I don't know if we'll we'll ever finish Grim Fandango. I never finished Watch Dogs. I always said I would, but I never did. I got bored of it. Um, like the Captain Toad. I've only played a couple of levels of Captain Toad. I really want to play more of it. So it's something that I feel a lot like, and and I don't know how to kind of to tackle it because I, I thought I would have more time to play video games than I do, um, which is probably a good thing, um, in because it means the business is going okay. But like at the moment, like <laughs> the problem, my problem is with video games right now is I'm playing Grand Theft Auto, which is a big long game. Um, and that's kind of the only game that I really want to play right now because I want to finish the story again because I enjoy it. You know, I, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop defending myself with that, I think. Um, I, I keep doing it every week. But there's loads of stuff that I want to play and there's loads of new stuff coming out all the time. So like what, what I've tried to do more recently is limit the amount of AAA games that I buy because mm-hmm. uh, sometimes they're long for the sake of being long and I understand why, but... I feel like I I do prefer indie games, so I try and play more of those. But Shovel Knight, man, like I love that game so much, but I haven't played an awful lot of it, and I own it on like three platforms now. 
Uh, do you know what I mean? Like, so I, I, yeah. totally, I get it. I, I am in this. I am in this with you one hundred percent. This show makes it worse for me because more and more stuff is being added, and less and less stuff gets finished. But at the end of the day, like, I don't know if you should have to feel bad about it. Like, it's your money. You choose to spend the money that you want to spend. Like, as long as you're not going bankrupt, bankrupt on it, that's fine. And and I think that sometimes the the difference like some games I will totally finish and some I won't and and in some instances it's because the game didn't grab me enough as much as I maybe thought it would that's a great point maybe sometimes it's it's actually the game is just not very good you know yeah or it's just or it might be good but it's not got that like spark yeah that, that like addiction factor like I really want to complete Grand Theft Auto because and I've I've already completed it before I completed it on Xbox 360 because I like how it ends and I like all of the stuff that leads up to it and all of the missions and I like being in that really good looking world with the fast cars and like it's it, that kind of game like the big open world games are so awesome to me which is why I'm really looking forward to No Man's Sky but it will feel even worse for all of the other video games in my life when that comes out. You do know? you think that do you think that maybe um it's also the developer's job to make games that are more, I would say, responsive, in like web design, responsive to people's time and needs. Because I, I watched this video from, um, what's the name of the channel? Uh, PBS Game Show, I think. Uh, yes, PBS Game Show. Um, and the guy in the video, uh, he, he also runs uh, amazing kill screen website and community he makes the argument for uh, because for basically games that need to be more uh, modern in the way that they account for different audiences so he asks should developers uh, especially because of mobile devices and these new types of people who play video games today should they consider making games that can appeal to the teenager who's able to spend a hundred of hours playing a video game, a single game, or should they also design games and experiences that can be played by, uh, you know, a man in his 40s who just wants to play a video games for a couple of hours each week? And the argument, I think, is compelling uh, because in this new age of the App Store, you know, smartphones and tablets... Um, it, there's so many different people in so many different parts of the world playing and wanting to play video games uh, that I definitely see why developers should consider a different kind of audience. And I think to, a, to an extent, we're seeing developers making games that just like seven years ago would have been unthinkable on any other platform. And so we, even for me, especially from indie developers, we see new types of games like than Stanley Parable or uh, Papers, Please. Uh, they are, you know, different kinds of games. And then he, on the other end of the spectrum, you, you have AAA games like the Call of Duty and Watch Dogs and GTA, and they are specifically designed for a very particular kind of audience, which tends to be the teenager who can spend weeks and months playing the single game in single player and then going online, right? I so, think, though, that there's an element of um, getting your money's worth. Like, 
the AAA games, yeah. the audiences that the AAA games are bought for, like and you mentioned, like teenagers is a huge part of that. And I said they might not get many games a year, so they need to get the most out of the games that they're playing. So they need, to, and also those games are more expensive than indie games as well. So it's like you got to get your money's worth, and one of the ways you get your money's worth is by having the game be really long exactly. or have a lot that's, of replayability. That's one of the final arguments in the video that. Did, Developers are making these games because these these kids playing games and these people in general they want to have their money's worth from the game because when you when you shut out seventy dollars for GTA you want to you know you want the game to I want, not finish yeah. in ten hours. <laughs> I want seventy dollars worth of game like I do like if I like if I'm going to spend that amount of money like I want there to be a chunky game inside of it like to, so it's worth it. Hmm. Like like if I'm playing like and I happily would pay ten hours. Sorry, ten ten dollars or whatever for a couple of hours or whatever, or maybe a five to ten hour game, right? That's an indie game. Mm-hmm. I, I want that to scale up. If I'm gonna play, pay sixty or seventy dollars, I want like sixty or seventy hours. You know, I I feel like there has to be, like with with some exceptions, there has to be some sort of like trade off of time and money in there. Because, yeah. or you know, you, you, or you're gonna, I'm gonna pay sixty bucks for a three hour game, but that three hour game has to be like, it has to blow my mind, you know. There has, there has to be something where I feel like I'm getting my money's worth, and and unfortunately, the easiest way to do that is to make the game long. Sometimes you can, like Portal, for example, I would play sixty, I would pay sixty dollars for Portal, but it's shorter. Right, it's it's a shorter game. It's a couple of hours to play through properly, but it's because they give you an experience which is just like like nothing you ever played before. Right, mm-hmm. so that I feel like there has to be a trade off in some respect. Like you need to, you I need to feel like I get my money's worth. Right, that I think everybody feels that way. But the, the I guess the problem is the easiest way to do that is to make the game really long. That's that's the easy way out. You know. And that's exactly the argument of the video. Should, oh, cool! I haven't watched can it. Can there so. be? Yeah, should there be a different way to to produce value in a game without making it like a hundred hours long? Um, it's a it's a fascinating uh, argument uh, and discussion to have, and I'm I'm glad that we talked about this. And uh, listeners of the show, go watch the video on YouTube, PBS Game Show. Subscribe to the channel because they cover many other cool stuff. Like there's a video this week about the. The mechanics of the ghosts in Pac-Man. So great channel. I recommend watching and go watch the video and think about, you know, finishing games, buying new games. Send us a tweet if you have thoughts. Where can people find us on Twitter, Mike? We are um, individually. Uh, Federico is at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. But the show is at underscore virtual FM as well. If you want to do that, you can. Um, also, if you want to find the show notes we mentioned for this week, they're at relay.fm slash virtual slash 25. Um, and you can find Federico's writing, his great work over at maxstories.net. And this show is part of Relay FM. You can find more shows. Uh, you may also be interested in Rocket. If you've not heard Rocket yet, you should go listen to that as they, they talk about games and stuff too, as well as some other great topics. And you can find all of those shows at Relay.fm. Thanks so much to our sponsors this week, our friends over at Squarespace and Igloo. You should go check them out. Thank you so much for helping support this week's episode. But most of all, thank you for listening. Until next time, say goodbye, Federico. Arrivederci.